Okay, I just wanted to hop on here really quick um, and put a little note in before this episode starts because um, I like recorded half of the episode and passed out. I have COVID um, and I was listening back and I realized that I keep calling um, the manager or the guy that's in charge at SNL, Lauren Michael, Lauren Michelle, which oops, like LOL. Um, and at one point I call him Lauren Gray, like the TikToker, which is fucking hilarious, but, um, I'm not going to re-record the whole thing. Um, anytime you hear me talking about the guy at, uh, SNL who kind of helps, uh, Pete out, it is Lauren Michael. It is not Lauren Michelle, and it's definitely not Lauren Gray. Okay, eh, enjoy the episode. All right, so... I was going to wait a little bit longer to do the next episode, and I was also going to do it on yachting, celebrity yachting, Um, but I have COVID. That's why I sound like shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And I have nothing to do um, because I have COVID. So I was like, you know what? I just want to do something that, like, I want to do, and I was talking about doing, and I was like, oh, I'll do it. Like, I'll make it the third episode, but... um, I'm going to just do it now. So I'm going to be talking about Pete Davidson. Um, I did think I should keep it to the third episode because I think explaining yachting is important to this episode. But um, we're just going to go into it. We're going to do a, like a like light explanation of yachting. And then we're just going to like um, do a deeper dive next time. But Pete is someone that like I love hate. <laughs> like I really do find him charming in a weird way. Um, he reminds me of a lot of my family members. He's from Staten Island. Um, a lot of my family is from New York, from Brooklyn. Um, I see a lot of, like, my family members in him. I definitely have, like, family members that live in Staten Island. Um, and I just, his mannerisms, he's just, like, a very, like, some guy from New York, you know? It's just very that energy. Um, and I even see, like, elements of myself in him, um, not, like, some of the really bad shit that we're gonna get into, but, or maybe some of it, I don't know, um, (laughs) but he just is weirdly charming, and he's also very of the moment, because obviously he's dating Kim Kardashian, and, like, there's this whole very public Kim and Kanye re-getting into the dating scene, um, but, you know, the Kim Kardashian, or the Kardashian machine in general, and Kanye is so massive, like, I can't even imagine, like, what that would look like, trying to, like, take that on and talk about, <laughs> but, um, Pete is, like, a little more manageable, <laughs> um, so I thought we'd talk about him, I think he's very interesting, and I think he has this very, like, very real arc in, um, Hollywood, like, he goes from being this kind of guy that's, like, kind of an outsider to, like, I don't know, being, like, very in it, and it kind of is sad to watch, but it is very interesting. Um, He was born in 1993, and he was born to an Irish-American family um, in New York, obviously. Um, He had a pretty normal childhood up till 9-11. If you don't know, his dad was a first responder, And I do think you have to kind of put, there are, like, these two traumas in Pete's life that, like, create all the problems in his life and all come back to those problems. And one is 9-11, and the other is Ariana, his relationship with Ariana. Um, But when he was seven, about to turn eight years old, his dad was killed um, trying to help people during 9-11. And I don't think Pete, 
ever really got over this um and it's also very apparent like pete speaks so highly of his mother he loves her very very much but it's very very apparent that like his mom was unequipped to take care of like these two children on her own very suddenly without like any help um especially pete who like immediately withdrew and became this extremely like sullen kind of intense little boy um you know i think looking outside in it's pretty obvious that he needed therapy or someone to talk to professionally but um he didn't get that help and he really started to act out in some very like disturbing ways um he started self-harming um very early he started using drugs very early um and drinking very early um he also was just like a really bad little kid like he was constantly skipping school to go with his friends like into the city he was constantly just creating problems at school um he does like kind of say he had this kind of sad clown moment of like his joy was like to make other people laugh which you know we hear this so much with comedians when really he was like extremely unhappy he was cutting himself and um using all these drugs and also he was um actually he had like um what's that anxiety alopecia where you pull your hair out um he was pulling his own hair out he had little bald spots because he was so unhappy and he just kept like anxiety pulling on his hair so his hair was falling out um so he was you know and this is from eight on you know he was really just un like unhappy intense um and nobody really knew what to do with this little like sad little kid that became this like sad angry little teenager um and he just was this problem and i just want to clarify um he wasn't just drinking and smoking weed um this becomes like important to the story later on he um new staten island in particular has like an opioid problem and very very early on like as a young teenager pete davidson got addicted to opioids um it's not very clear if he was using intravenously at that time but he definitely was um a downer's girl and he was using um at least pills opioids and benzos um early in early adolescence and he that's what he prefers. Um, so he was drinking, smoking weed, um, using, uh, pills and maybe heroin. We don't, like I said, we don't know if he was using intravenously at this point. Um, but he was just not, he was not doing good. He passed, uh, high school, like by the skin of his teeth and he got into Brooklyn Community College. Um, he was unhappy there, like shocker. Um, but his friends, his high school friends kind of convinced him to do this open mic night at a bowling alley because he was the one that was always making everyone laugh. And this was his whole thing where he acted out and was silly to get people to like, you know, be happy and pay attention to him. Um, and he actually did really good. And this becomes like his focus in life because he kind of was just floating through life without a purpose. So he really it becomes this intense thing. He drops out of um, college after like one half semester, like he and he goes all in on the comedy thing. And this is in 2011. And it works out for him. Because um, by 2013, he is on um, Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. And he is, he does six episodes, he does really good. Um, he's landing all these gigs now. Um it's actually where he meets MGK. They don't get close at that time, but he um, has this career now because he is 
on TV. And he does a lot of little bit parts um, and whatever. And then Lauren Michelle um, sees some of his stuff um, and is like, oh, I, I really want this kid on our show. And he contacts Pete, which is like unheard of. There are so many people that get rejected from SNL um, to contact a 19 year old and be like, hey, come audition for my show. Um, it's crazy. And of course, Pete auditioned for the show and Laura Michelle um, hired him pretty much on the spot. Um, he was 19, so he was the youngest cast member ever. And um, he, his first episode, he had just turned 20. It, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Youngest talent, anyway. <laughs> and it also highlights, um, it also really highlights how, like, intense his career has been because this happens in 2014 when he gets on SNL he's just 20 years old and less than 10 years later today he's 28 and he went from being like this like young limited limitless potential like protege type where they were like oh yeah he's gonna be the next big thing when it comes to comedy to where he is now less than 10 years later um he's 28 he's a tabloid star he's a it girl but a boy like he's known for dating beautiful women and while I do think Pete likes beautiful women I don't think he's you know not with that I don't think that that's where he wanted his life to go I do think um and he says this quite a lot um he wanted to be known for his comedy and I don't think Pete will ever be known for his comedy because of uh the way his life um kind of played out but we're gonna go back to um when he first started on SNL um, 2014, and immediately there were problems for Pete. Um, and I'm going to put them into two categories, one being the staff and two being himself. Um, the problems with the staff were that immediately the staff hated Pete. Um, there are a lot of reasons for this. I do think that, like, Pete got, like, an insane, like, insanely lucky, um, like, break where like the director of the show just saw you on tv and was like i need him like that rocks i mean people grind their whole lives to get rejected a million times from snl like it's you know it's a standard of like american comedy so it is kind of crazy and i think that a lot of people there were jealous of him um and so he was not making any friends in that way um people were not going out to do any favors for him and there are a lot of blinds about like SNL and like the climate and it is very um it's very cutthroat so it's not surprising that like he was not like welcomed with open arms but that probably didn't help the help him because he was already so fragile um and the other problem himself like his problems didn't go away because he got this, like, wonderful gig. He was still a drug addict. He was still um, hurting himself. He was still unhappy. And he did try to hide this, but it becomes, like, it becomes a pretty apparent pretty quickly. And basically his entire career on SNL is, like, one big Lauren Michelle going, I'm about to fire you if you don't get your shit together. And then him not firing Pete. Um, and I'm sure that didn't have people, like, stoked on him either within the staff. Because, of course, like, he, Lauren Michelle has this, like, reputation of, like, not being that great to women. And definitely not being that great to, like, 
non-white people (laughs) on the staff um so like I'm sure seeing this like young kid who didn't have to audition that's like a little white boy get a million opportunities and a million chances was like really grating but I also do think like the way Laura Michelle treated or treats Pete with kitty gloves um starts at this point and I don't think like it really ever changed like it's very pivotal and what it is is that um, pretty early into his first year on SNL, at least it is rumored that Pete Davidson attempted suicide. Um, he, well, this is the more blind itemy one. So Pete is known to have tried to commit suicide twice, um, once now and once in a, f- a few years down the line. Um, the next one is, it's pretty apparent he was trying to kill himself. This one is more people kind of debate what he was doing. Um, but a staff member walked in on him, um, another staff member mutilating himself. He was like cutting up his chest and he was bleeding everywhere. And he was also like really fucked up on drugs and like there was blood everywhere. Like the blood loss was really bad. He was like in and out of consciousness. So they had to like hospitalize him and Lauren Michelle completely paid for his rehab and, um, it create kind of creates this, um, pattern, um, of Pete Davidson having a revolving door in and out of rehab paid for by Lauren Michelle, um, especially in the early half of his career. And I actually think, of course, that was a good thing. Like it kept him in line or it, it kind of in line from like 2014 to like 2017. But it, it also, I think later in the later years of his career has created this like little monster who thinks like he can like use therapy language to diagnose himself and like make everything okay if that makes sense so I don't know I also kind of have a lot of sympathy for um Pete at this time because the stuff that I read I've read in blinds about the way staff was talking about this like thing that happened is horrifying um the person that found him was like pretty at least according to blinds pretty much immediately after it happened was like so annoyed (laughs) and was like this is obviously him like knowing he's gonna get fired so he's like doing a like what was me pulling focus moment which like I don't know dude like a 20 year old kid like I don't know (laughs) like it just is so mean like there's a lot of stuff especially early in Pete's career where like it's just so obvious that the people around him, like, don't care about him, and it's really kind of sad. Um, but, yeah, that's the first year of Pete's career at SNL, and, um, he gets his first girlfriend in 2015, and that is, uh, Carly Aquilino. Um, they don't date very long. Um, she's a comedian, um, from New York. She was on Girl Code. Um, she doesn't date him very long because she's like, you're a fucking drug addict. Like you need to get help. And, um, as I said, it's the theme early on. He checks himself into rehab and again, um, in 2015 and he becomes like California sober. So he doesn't drink anymore. He doesn't do pills. Um, and he's still smoking weed. Um, and that seems to like be working for him. Um, and then he meets his, um, Second girlfriend, uh, Cassie David, who is the daughter of Larry David. She was an actress at the time that um, her and Pete dated. 
not a very good one but you know i mean it was pretty obvious she was getting her roles because she was larry david's daughter you know she was an nepotism baby um she is a writer now um and she like you know she writes at one of these places it's like very much like a new yorker clone like again very nepotism baby um but her positives for sure are that she cared about pete like i think this is the best relationship pete ever had i mean she was like very um committed to him and she was like there's something else going on here that's not drugs you need to go back to rehab so <laughs> 2016 he checks himself back into rehab and they say okay um we need to get you completely sober and so he gets completely sober which is the first time he's been sober since he was like 10 years old um and they're like okay um you have bipolar and you have some really bad attachment issues because of your dad and he's like well what does that mean and they're like well you have bpd um and they were basically like you need to be sober because you're just way too prone to like spiral out of control with any like drugs and alcohol you need to be completely sober and your life needs to be very sort of like regimented and so i think he has this like very good year from six uh from 2016 to like late 2017 until 2018 um and it's it's kind of nice because it's just very normal he's sober um he actually larry like sings his praises like he has this very like father son relationship with larry david um and he's actually like doing good on snl like he has like his own little bits he's like actually getting like out of the weekend segment only <laughs> Um, like, he's getting a little bit of a moment, um, but that all, of course, changes in 2018 when he meets Miss Ariana Grande, <laughs> and I just want to do, like, a little side note, because I, we're gonna, of course, jump to Kim and, uh, Pete in the far future, because there's a lot to cover, um, but I think that that relationship is mimicking not only, like, Travis and Courtney's, um, like, Courtney's main character moment that's going on, but also I think they're trying to, like, chase the high of the chemistry Ariana and Pete had on SNL. Like, the Kim Kardashian-Pete kiss that happened, and then they started dating. Like, I really do think, like, you know, Chris studies, studies, and she, she, she sees what makes people react, you know? <laughs> so I'm sure she, like saw that and was like okay like we're gonna we're gonna take from that as well um especially if we're gonna hire pete um but yeah so he meets ariana grande and everyone says like the chemistry like was incredible crazy insane um and the blinds say that um when they got backstage ariana kissed him and it was like game over like they they fucked um <laughs> and this is like the first time that like I think Pete has this kind of, like, crazy whirlwind, whirlwind romance, um, and he kind of loses his fucking mind. I just want to, like, point out how long they dated, because it's really not that long, and, like, the amount of insanity that occurs, like, I have so many notes, <laughs> um, but, like, they, they meet May 2018, and they break up October 2018, um, and this is, like, from the kiss like the day they met to like the end because they pretty much start dating 
like within a week of knowing each other and then they're engaged within three months and then they're broken up within six so it's 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 intense and it's a lot and um you know pete told all of his friends he had never felt this way before um he was like in this is the happiest he'd ever felt in his life like he was in love with her and this was within a few weeks and like I'm not like I have my own issues so like I'm just gonna say it that's like that's mania and then I don't have BPD but I'm feeling like that's like that's something's going on (laughs) um he broke up with his girlfriend of two years via text um Cassie actually has a um open letter to Pete um like I said she's a writer now and yeah, she has a she has a letter to him about, you know, how her how she was so hurt and how Larry um they they just want him to be happy and she wishes the best for him even though he she really was hurt by what he did, which you know, it, it it's so fucked up. <laughs> and karma came for his ass, but you know, it he I don't think he was in his right mind. Um so it's like two tornadoes like meet each other. Um and pretty much immediately, um, like I said, it's obvious that Pete is, like, would crawl on broken glass for Ariana. Like, he is in love with her. Like, on a level that he's never been with anyone else before. Like, it's it's something else. And I, it's not that for Ariana. And I just want to say, because I've heard so many, like, because I, I was taking notes and I've, I've listened to people talk about this relationship. People, like come for Ariana's throat and I am going to have to say at the beginning of this relationship they're both fucking villains okay this is where Pete's villain arc starts because they're both like it's very Bobby and Whitney energy um but like at the beginning she is the villain but like I I just want everyone to know like she's an addict she's fucked up like she's not like in a good state of mind so we're just gonna like jump to her really quick um Ariana Grande is a child star and they're like the worst category of celebrity like i just want people to understand where she's coming from when they meet and i'm not gonna go in depth because maybe i'll do ariana at one point but i'm gonna get really like i'm gonna give us a rundown like she was a child star that worked under dan schneider if you don't know who dan schneider is he worked on a lot of nickelodeon shows and he is a pedophile um he molested so many girls and i don't think ariana is an exception um so just start with that um ariana like has a bad reputation of being like a diva and all this stuff but um you know just keep that in mind that she you know comes from the typical stage parents comes from parents that let her be alone on set when she's you know 14 years old with a with literal with a literal pedophile like a literal pedophile who the blind say had got at least two young girls pregnant um one who had an abortion and the other who had the baby and maybe we'll do a dan schneider episode because he's like on another level but yeah that's where ariana comes from um and obviously a lot of shit happens between ariana being a child star and when she meets pete davidson but you know i like pete comes from like a background of like when he was 13 yeah he's like doing pills and he's severely depressed but like you know, he's doing drugs with kids his own age. Um, Ariana, like, got her coke addiction from doing cocaine with executives that, like, were passing her around. Like, it's a different level of dark and and just horrible. Um, But Ariana's first love is always 
maybe it's changed now. I need to look, but <laughs> I doubt it. Um, her first love is always cocaine. Um, and basically you either like keep up with her or you gotta go. Like that's essentially how all her relationships go. Um, both romantic and platonic. Like that's why she like fucks so heavy with Nikki and everyone that like knows Nikki knows Nikki loves beef, but like Nikki fucks with her right back because they both, they both love a good bump. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Ariana doesn't give a fuck if you're like on a sobriety journey. Like that's why her relationship with Selena, like fucking didn't work. That's why, um, Mac got off the wagon and that's why Pete got off the wagon because initially, um, he was sober and then like pretty much the first party he started drinking and smoking weed um he was trying to stay off hard drugs um but you know it was pretty apparent like he didn't have like the skills to like be put in front of all of these drugs and not do them um and also at least according to lines of people like overhearing them hanging out together apparently she told him to stop being a party pooper which if that's true like that's very rotted to say to someone who like very like publicly has had very bad issues with sobriety but like she's an addict too so like I don't know but pretty much um within the first month of them dating um Pete was completely off the wagon um and he was getting bad very very quickly um but he was like willing to do whatever she said because like I said he was like gonna crawl on broken glass for her if he she asked meanwhile like this was kind of an escape for Ariana it wasn't like on that level like her and Mac Miller had broken up and anyone that knows their relationship she was like very in love with Mac like that was kind of her Pete or her like Pete how Pete looked at Ariana Ariana looked at Mac Miller um she also had like gone through like that string of bad press before Mac and then just recently the Manchester bombing had happened so you know she's like spiraling and I don't really think she's like taking account that she's like dragging this man with her um but you know it is what it is like they're just going off the fucking rails and pretty quickly like I said pizza downers girl so he's like tired of doing cocaine every day with Ariana so he's now um getting his his drugs the drugs that he wants to take which are downers um and the way that he has decided to kind of do this is and it's fun like it's a couple experience like they tried crack together because he was like I don't want to do cocaine all day um let me like I'm gonna roll dirties essentially so yeah they started doing crack and Ariana had never done crack um so and neither had Pete so that's kind of romantic yeah so they're like smoking crack and he's taking um like pills all day so he's essentially like speedballing himself every single day um so things are getting like really dark now like very (laughs) very Whitney and Bobby um so they're down this like insane rabbit hole and Pete is getting really bad really quickly um he is now telling you know remember he had been telling all his friends you know I've never felt this way before I'm so in love this is like the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me and he's still saying that but now he's adding like 
if she ever leaves me, I'm going to put a bullet in my head. Like, if if this ever ends, I'm going to have to kill myself. Like, I'll never be happy again. Like, just, it's going down a dark path really fast. And also, people around him are really, really scared. Like, they are, he isn't, like I said, Ariana doesn't fuck with people that can't keep up with her. But he's mixing drugs. Like, she's going up, pretty much, only. He is drinking and um, smoking dirties and also like taking pills like he's he's getting really really bad and everyone around him is really scared he's gonna die um the the amount of repetitive blinds i read in 2018 where people were like we think he's gonna die like he's gonna die he's gonna od or he's gonna like he's gonna die like that's just what people were thinking at that time about him um and it was really like a problem um and i think that this like intense kind of way he was talking about her really kind of comes comes to a head when after just three months he proposes to her um he bought her a ring and he had it with him and he proposed to her um and very Whitney and Bobby because like very toxic she kind of looks at the ring and is like yeah I'll marry you but like go return that like that's I'm not like I'll give you some money and you can go back to the store and buy me, you know, a ring that is, like, worth, like, me. So she, like, gave him money to go spend because she didn't want people to think she paid for her own ring. But basically she picked out her ring and told him to go buy it, um, which is, like, insane. But, like, okay, go off, queen. Um, so, yeah, they're pro- like, he proposed to her in three months. And this is where, like dark the first sign of like real dark-sided um pete comes out because he is like obsessed with the idea of having a family and like i i kind of get that i do like you're like everything's gonna be fine like as long as i have a kid um i'll just i'll everything will just i'll just straighten out like it'll be fine so he like obsessively wants a kid and this is like a theme throughout the blinds after this point like this point and on um like even in the Charlemagne interview that I use for a lot because it's one of the best interviews by Pete he's very very honest in it um at one point Charlemagne is like what is it going to take for you to be happy and he's like I really do think it's going to take me having a kid like I want to take care of um like I want to like have a son and give him what my dad wanted to give to me like I want to have a little daughter a little princess to spoil and I I do think that's genuine like I do think that Pete Davidson has this like weird warped family oriented aspect of him where I do really think he wants children and he wants this like settled down life I really do think that um but in at that moment in time he wanted that with Ariana and he was saying some stuff that was like really scary and also he was doing stuff that was starting to get really dark like he was joking about on SNL that he was like hiding her birth control and he was like in the middle of sex like telling her like trying to convince her to like let him come in her and like he was really really trying to get her pregnant (laughs) and I think this is where the inkling is planted in Ariana's mind that this is not going to be a long-term thing I think she starts building her wall and starts pulling away um like I said I think they both they came into those this relationship with very different like expectations like for some reason Pete saw her like or got his little kiss 
and was like, this is like the woman that I'm going to like live the rest of my life with forever and ever and ever and ever. And like I said, he would drag himself on broken glass for her. Um, and I think for Ariana, Pete Davidson was an escape from everything. Like he was, you know, a new, exciting, sweet, funny guy that was not Mac Miller. Um, and now he was getting like not fun (laughs) and he was being scary. Um, and you know, then Mac Miller died. He OD'd. And, um, I think that changed their dynamic, like quite a lot. Um, like I said, it was already intense and really crazy. Um, but this is where they get on like real junkie shit, like shit you would hear like junkies in your town do. Um, because Ariana, who's always been like up, 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 wants to go down. So now she is also mixing her drugs and we get like a really like Whitney Bobby flop house experience. Like it gets really, really bad. They just start staying at home all day long, um, doing drugs nonstop. This is kind of actually where Pete, um, becomes close with MGK, um, MGK and like all like junkies are just coming in and out of Ariana's mansion, just nonstop junkie experience. And Ariana is like not doing anything. She's not taking care of any of her like, like job she needs to do for her singing career. She's just doing drugs. Pete is like showing up very late for SNL. If he's showing up at all, which made people insane that Lauren Gray would not fire him. But yeah, he was not showing up. Like they were just doing drugs like ordering like fast food and like doing drugs at her house all day long and like having people come in and out all day long like on real junkie shit and um it also is alleged in the blind items that um some at some point during this um Ariana Grande and um MGK did have sex so very cool I definitely can see that too because like I don't really think she's a great girlfriend, and I don't think that MGK is a great friend. Um, but yeah, I mean, just some like things that I have noted on my like little notes about this time. Um, at one point, um, Pete got so fucked up that he fell onto a glass table, and glass got all over his chest, and he had to go to the hospital. Um, and get stitches on his chest, which he's, like, kind of used to, so he felt like it wasn't a big deal, but it, he, like, just collapsed and fell onto a glass table. Um, another thing that happened is, um, Ariana and him are in a club together, and apparently his crack pipe fell out, um, and shattered onto the ground, and he, like, was very upset, um, but, like, openly, like, tried to take out his crack pipe, and it fell, um, and shattered, so, oof. Um, and another thing that happened was, um, Pete was out one night and he got stopped by the cops and he got a DUI, um, and he basically, like, paid someone to go, or told someone he would pay them to go take his time in jail, um, and sure, he could say that, but he has no money, like, I mean, he does, but, like, it's really interesting because this is another theme throughout his life, like, he has SNL money, like, he's not rich, like, the people he's around, um, so he kind of has to go to Ariana and beg her for money to pay this guy to go sit in jail, which is, like, a pretty penny, and she's pretty irritated by that, but, like, I just wanted to put all this stuff in because, like, I just want to give the intensity of, like, 
what that like situation was like it was constant like drama constant like insanity in and out um and I think that both of them were like spiraling to the point where like you know they're they're like at rock bottom um in Ariana's case I think that she was you know taking the death of Mac Miller like extremely hard and I think that like when she started to do the downers this was like her almost like not caring about being alive anymore because you know Mac was her like love so I I do think that like she was just not caring about anything and I think that in Pete's case Pete was gonna like follow Ariana down like down to to die essentially like he was just gonna go with her because he was so like in love with her and completely um just enamored with her he was just gonna do whatever she wanted him to do with her um um so it makes sense that Ariana's manager um, and his her team was getting really concerned. And I just want to say, um, Scooter Braun, Ariana's manager, does not give a shit about his clients. He doesn't care if they're spiraling. Like, his other clients include Justin Bieber, um, Demi Lovato, um, and at one point Taylor Swift. Like, he does not give a fuck about them. But he does care if the money stops. And, like I said, they were on some real Whitney Bobby flophouse shit. Like, they were not going to do their jobs. Like... Pete was fully, like, not showing up for weeks of SNL. Um, Like, he was just completely not in, like, full weeks of it. Um, And people were really getting scared, the audience included. Um, And she was just not showing up for any of her, like, responsibilities or her obligations. Like, she was just not doing it. So, you know, I kind of painted the picture. It's a junkie house. Like, people are constantly coming in and out. Like, it's a gorgeous, stunning trap house. And... Scooter is also coming in and out, and you can tell that he is, like, trying to get Ariana out of this situation. So what does he do? Um, He reintroduces Ricky Alvarez, who was um, Ariana's boyfriend before Mac Miller. Um, That's the guy that, like, she licked the donut with and said, like, I hate America with and I hate my fans and all that. Um, one of her backup dancers. And I do think that Ricky is, I'm not sure if he is now, but I do think he's on retainer. Like, he's one of Scooter's, like, you know, people he sends out to um, kind of make Ariana happy, (laughs) if that makes sense. Similar to, like, Brittany and some of her more recent boyfriends that, um, you know, we know Jamie definitely hired. Um, I, I don't think Ricky is someone who really cares about Ariana I I don't really think that at all. I think he's just someone that um, Scooter, you know, knows Ariana has chemistry with and and a past with, and he can kind of send him out to, like, you know, get her more on his side. And Ricky was, you know, doing drugs with them, all this stuff, and um, apparently um, him and Ariana started having sex pretty quickly, and he was, like, kind of just this, like, third living in their house, and Pete was aware they were having sex and was just so, like, scared that he would just kind of let her do that. He was really scared of losing Ariana, but I think it was too late. Um, like I said, I, th- I think at the later half of these few months, once the, like, we're getting married and having babies thing started, I think Ariana was starting to pull away, and I think that... Scooter really, you know, realized that he had to get her out. And um, once Ricky was introduced, I think that 
it like you know he's the temporary replacement until they can get her like a new guy so all the like foundation had been laid out to get rid of Pete um and it kind of happens abruptly um he was at another engagement and she breaks up with him via text and tells him you know we're not together like don't come back to my house um and of course this is just like uh Pete fully has a meltdown he um sends her over 300 text messages allegedly like a day um hundreds of calls um to the point where her management team has to get her a new number because that's how much he is spamming her um you know and if this is scary like i can't even imagine what like that level of drug addled pete davidson was like um trying to get back into her house like just yeah really scary um but eventually he writes this suicide note on instagram um i have it kind of summarized here it it was pretty general he just kind of said um i'm trying my best to stay here for my family but i just can't do this anymore um i've lost all the light in my life and he kept that up briefly then deactivated his instagram but of course like everyone saw it (laughs) so everyone was like horrified um and i think this is the last time we see kind of the small town depressed well he stays depressed but like small town mentality local guy pete um you know i think this is something like a depressed guy does to get a depressed manipulative guy in like whatever little small town does to get his like girlfriend's attention i don't think that he realized um that every single person like in the world because he's ariana's boyfriend is going to be screenshotting and archiving like you know he this is where we kind of need to just talk about who he's become while dating um ariana because he's so um unstable snl basically has created like a show pony where they when he is there you know they have him kind of say i'm dating ariana grande or do whatever like current events they have like current entertainment events that's the guy he's become and he's just on like weekend updates um like that's his new niche in the show and he really is the first snl star to cross over to being like a tabloid star like i don't think he also realized because like i said they were so deep in their own like insanity together that like he is now being on he's under a microscope and this like this suicide attempt is where i think he really figures out oh my god like every single person on the fucking planet is watching me um his team is immediately there um and this is my opinion about this situation. I don't think we'll ever really know what happened. I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know what the extent of it was. Like I said, I do think he was trying to get Ariana's attention. I'm not sure if it was because, you know, he was trying to, like, stick the knife in and really hurt himself or kill himself. Or if he just wanted to get her attention. Um, but, like I said, he was immediately... Um, his team was up there um there were ambulances outside ariana rushed to see him she like rushed to 30 rock and um 
his team wouldn't let her in. And we don't know what was happening inside that, um, inside that building. Um, I do think just the way he is handled after this, like, he obviously had done something to himself, um, you know, but we'll probably never know what was happening in there if he had, like, really tried to kill himself or if he was, like, trying to OD or what was happening in there, um, and I don't think we'll ever know, but we do know that, um, he was not 405 um, you know, the EMTs and the people, um, that were outside eventually left without him. I think that is very, like, a white male privilege moment, like, Brittany and Mariah getting 405 obviously they were not able to talk the, um, responders out of not taking them, um, and I do think this is, like, like I said at the beginning, um, one of those moments where, like, the, the timeline split. Like, I'm not a huge fan of, um, like, non-consensually carting someone off somewhere, but I think in this case, Pete needed it. Um, I think that, you know, the way that his team handles it, and he handles it of, like, well, we're not going to see Ariana, we're going to go see whoever... Um, was not smart. I think he needed to be hospitalized. Um, whether or not he fully tried to kill himself or whatever he was doing, um, he obviously was in a very, very dark place and he needed help. And instead of getting him that help, they kind of, um, just keep it moving. And, um, you know, I don't think that was smart. I think maybe, like I said, Pete needed to go to a hospital. Um, you know, maybe he needed his mom. He needed his family around him. Um, and this is also where I think you see him cross over from like, like a New York celebrity, which I like celebrities are celebrities, but there are different degrees. And like, I don't know. I think that like the, like the celebrities that like film in like New York or Toronto now are a little bit less connected than like the LA celebrities. And this is where instead of like him getting 405, cause either he or their, his team talked them out of taking him. Um, later that night, you see MGK come up, and MGK is an L.A. celebrity f- through and through. He might be from Ohio, but he's really adjusted to the lifestyle. And, like, within days after this whole complete and utter breakdown, we see Pete riding around with MGK. Their toxic bromance really gets started here. I mean, Pete posts this, like, suicide attempt is nonstop seen with MGK. And we need to really jump over to MGK now because we need to understand who MGK is. Um, because once Pete starts hanging around with MGK every day, all day, my sympathy glands for him kind of shrink. Um, I start to feel that he's become like, dark-sided, because MGK is a dark-sided celebrity. Um, everyone in the blind says that MGK, and uh, not in the blinds, like, you can go find, like, people, like, accounts of MGK. MGK's always been the same person. Like, that gas station misogynist piece of shit, um, drug addict who, like, you know, he's 25 dating a 14-year-old, like, that guy in your town, that's who MGK is. Like, his blinds are so consistent from when he was like a local Ohio celebrity to like now. 
and they're that this guy is a pig to women he is fucking gross um you know he's always taking advantage of girls he's always you know the comments about eminem and kendall when they were like eminem's daughter and kendall jenner when they were minors like that's that's his mo like he is very much um a hebophile like he wants like 17 year old girls and you know he's he's disgusting like um mgk has this group called msg incorporated and that stands for misogynists incorporated and there are so many blinds about mgk and his like really disgusting sex parties his really disgusting treatment of women um and yeah he has this little group called um misogynists incorporated and um pete starts going to these parties (laughs) which is not not the move like they're really bad um uh some of like all the blinds about these parties are horrendous um like forcing girls to degrade themselves fight each other like just really like insane shit um got girls that don't want to do that kind of stuff getting kicked out of moving cars girls that aren't pretty enough being like told to like go get food for the gas from a gas station and then being ditched like fully just driving off like just horrible horrible stuff um it's just not good um and pretty quickly um after this whole starting to hang out together we get blinds about pete going to msg parties and um like I said, these parties are known for degrading women and women, um, like just being treated really horribly. And the first blind about Pete going to one of these, um, it's at a hotel and a bunch of girls have been invited up and it's a like contest of like, which woman, woman is like more willing to be like disgusting and degrading to herself will win the prize of having sex with MGK, which I don't know about that one, Chief. Uh, And then the second, like, girl will get to, like, choose one of his, like, guys in his posse. Which, like, um, I'm I'm going for second. Because, like, I'd much rather have sex with Pete than MGK. But, I mean, it's just so bad. Like, that's that's horrible. But, yeah, it's, like, women, um, you know, who's going to take off the most clothes? Like, who's going to do the most insane shit on camera? It's just mortifying to think, like, that's... I don't know. It's disgusting. And, you know, this is Pete's hoe phase, you know? I mean, drugs have always been Pete's, like, vice. He's never been, like, much of, like, a a man hoe. Um, Like, he got a... Like, his first girlfriend was, like, late in life. And I don't know... I mean, I don't know if he was, like, a virgin before that or anything like that. I mean, I I doubt it. But um, he definitely wasn't one to, like... Um, I don't know. That just wasn't his thing. Drugs were his things. Um, but this is where you get blinds about him going to these parties and, um, like fucking a lot of girls and, um, the blinds, I mean, not the blinds, Ariana obviously like wrote about Pete's dick and referred to it a lot and how, how big he was and how like, you know, great he was at sex. So, um, and Pete talks about in the Charlemagne interview, like, how he really, really doesn't like this, that he kind of got, like, like, now people look at him differently, and he's very, um, like, sexualized in a lot of people's eyes, 
Um, and I don't know if he kind of was like trying to live up to this idea that had been put out about him, but a lot of the blinds are like kind of embarrassing, <laughs> um, which I guess it just shows like big dick doesn't mean everything, anything. Um, there is this blind that is absolutely mortifying that I had to write down because it was that bad where, um, let me, yeah, this girl, and him were having sex and he just could not get hard and she compared it to like pulling on taffy um like she was like pulling taffy like it because like he just could not get hard and then at a certain point they just kind of like stopped trying because it was just it was that bad um and yeah (laughs) He also um, was, like, on and off having sex with this model, Margaret Qualley, who, like, has openly said, like, you can look this up, that he, like, was awful to her. And he really just was, like, he didn't care um, about sex that much. Um, Again, like, I kind of wonder if this was, like, just him trying to live up to this, like, thing that had this idea that had been put out into the public, um this like tabloid star thing (laughs) because she said he just really wasn't like good at it or um very interested in it and also she says like kind of the breaking point of like their like on and off sex thing which like I said she said was very mediocre was um in the middle of them having sex at one point um he gets a call or a text that his like drugs are like there to pick up and he like basically just like hops off her like just jumps off and like runs out essentially like in the middle of sex so (laughs) yeah I it's it's rough like this is a really this is where uh Pete starts to go down a really really dark road (laughs) it's pretty bad And I don't know, because obviously he has been in a dark and bad place before, but he's always kind of, like, hurt himself. This is where, um, like I said, with the MSG parties and just the way he's, like, treating women, um, he starts to hurt other people. And that's just, you know, like I said, my sympathy glands start to shrink. Um, So that's the rest of his 2018. And then in the, like, early, early months of 2019, he is seen with young Kaya Gerber, who is freshly 18. Pete, at this point, is 26 years old, and, um, you know, he had stated that he had a crush on Kaya, um, and Kaya has said they, like, started DMing back and forth, like, a few months before they started dating, which means he was talking to her when she was underage, which is fucked. Um, but it really, like, makes sense because, you know, he's partying with MGK and MGK is the king of, like, the hebophiles, like, having sex with 17-year-old girls, 16-year-old girls. Um, so, um, yeah, Kaya Gerber and him are seen together and, um, pretty much immediately, um, the minute, like, the first tabloid comes out of them hanging out, um, Cindy Crawford is up her daughter's ass, which, like, iconic, like, great mom moment, um, because, you know, I mean, she does not want her daughter dating Pete Davidson, which, like, 
who would what mother would want their like newly 18 year old daughter around a, a junkie that like has very publicly spiraled in the news and like this is not to say that i think cindy crawford is like this like incredible mother who like has always like her daughter's best interests at heart like cindy crawford is still one of those like mom supermodels and i do think that um you know cindy crawford wanted her daughter to be a model like when kaya gerber talks about modeling um i don't i don't sense passion like i don't like she gives very like hadid daughters like very like just not um not interested not really interested in anything i mean why would you need to be when you're like heiress to the gerber baby fortune and i don't know but yeah kaya gerber gives me very like listless suit like ultra rich like she just doesn't give me like interests and i do think cindy crawford is the one that's like pushing this modeling career for kaya but i don't think that cindy crawford wants her daughter like she's not gonna fuck with some like someone like pete davidson which like so in that sense she is a good mom um, and pretty much right away, um, Cindy was, like, really trying to, like, convince her daughter to not date this guy. Um, like, really hardcore heavy was, like, not with it. And, um, you know, Pete was, like, caught giving Kaya alcohol, like, them drinking together. And apparently after those tabloid pictures came out, um... Cindy like threatened him like went off on him and um I don't like Pete Davidson gives off like pussy boy to me like I don't think like I like (laughs) I don't think he probably cried like you know what I mean like Cindy Crawford yelling at Pete Davidson first of all to be a fly on the wall would have loved to be there um would have been like so for it um like, the imagery of, like, this blonde MILF glamazon all-American soccer mom, Cindy Crawford, screaming at Pete Davidson, and Pete Davidson, like, in his, like, Staten Island accent, like, going, I'm sorry, ma'am, like, you, I love it, I, to be a fly on the wall, like I said, but, yeah, she really was, like, not fucking with it, but, like, as with every young girl who's dating an older guy, Kaya, you know, kind of, like the more her mom was against it was like more for it so they have these like intense few months i do think that like i said um kaya was scared of his behavior and she sort of started to pull away um not just the pregnancy stuff but like it's like he still has not gotten sober like he's doing the same insane shit he was doing with ariana um which has got to be scary for, like, a newly 18-year-old girl to deal with, like, the mood swings of a drug addict, like, that deep into addiction. Um, He was also, like, relying on her for money. Like I said, um, this is a theme, especially later in his fame. Like, he, the people he runs with are more, have more money than him. Um, And he, his drug addiction is so bad that he's, like, running through money like crazy. So, you know, he's relying on the Gerber heiress for money. Um... He also was apparently, like, cheating on her, like, still going to MGK's parties. And also he, um, one woman who met him at the time, um, who was, like, a, um, what's that thing, bottle girl? Like, she wasn't a stripper, but she wasn't a waitress. She was kind of in between. Um, him and her hit it off, and he was, like, asking her if he wa- she wanted to go, like, have fun with him in the back. 
and she was like oh I thought you were dating Kaya like because I guess she was like a fan of him and he was like um you see like you've seen it in the tabloids she's like not fun and basically (laughs) he kind of spent the night venting to her about how like Kaya's like not good at sex um and doesn't like sex that much which is like she's fucking 18 bro like maybe go date someone your own age then um but also like gross and like also like how quickly you forget who you are like you're some dude from Staten Island um you're dating like the Gerber baby heiress like you're dating Cindy Crawford's daughter like Kaya Gerber is the little like pinky toe of mediocrity that she is is worth so like you know it's just so it's so annoying when you see like that kind of arc of him becoming a dick um but anyway like Kaya starts pulling away and like why wouldn't she like he's she he's treating her like shit and he she or sorry Kaya meets um Cara Delevingne at a party and it's pretty much game over you know everyone knows Kara's the biggest lesbian fuckboy in Hollywood um and their like whirlwind romance starts um so Pete kind of gets dropped by Kaya and like good for fucking Kaya um and poor Cindy because to ima- like imagine being um fucking Cindy Crawford watching your daughter go from Pete Davidson to Cara Delevingne like um oof so with the dropping of um Pete by Kaya we we're at the tw- end of 2019 And that's when we need to have a conversation about yachting. Um, Pete, first of all, is getting cut more and more from SNL. They don't outright want to fire him because, like um, I've said previously, and like I said, it's always a theme with SNL, they're scared of him doing something and then being blamed for it. So they're just cutting him more and more and more. He's now, like, only on Weekend Update again, and now he's getting cut from that. Like, he just has bit parts every few months. Um, he has this, like, $100,000, um, drug habit, and, um, his heiress girlfriend just dropped him, so he has no fucking money. Um, MGK also, like, is not being very helpful, um, like, no, no surprise. Um, he's busy fucking Megan Fox and, like, doesn't care that, like, Pete is spiraling, um, like, Pete also has started to use intravenously, um, he's shooting up and nodding like every single day and like you know he doesn't have good people around him in fact uh one of the blinds was saying um (laughs) when pete invested in jake paul's uh little wrestling match or boxing match or whatever um mgk had like introduced them and he had made sure that like Pete was, like, fucked up out of his mind when they met, so, like, he could get him to also invest money into this thing, which is, like, again, like, very not a good friend thing, because MGK, like, has a lot more money than Pete Davidson and his little, like, SNL bit part money. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know. We just need to, you guys just need to understand, just because someone is famous doesn't mean they're, like, rich or even, like, not, not hurting for money, because, like, Pete at this point is in really bad financial straits. And, you know, he has this second career um, of being this, you know, tabloid star who's known for like dating hot girls and being good at sex. So, um, 
he does this spread with Paper Magazine with Julia Fox, you know, very interesting, and we'll talk more about that um, when we get to the Kardashians. Um, but it gives very catalog. Um, it's I, I think it's called Internet Dolls, and he shoots this at the end of 2019 with her. And um, when people yacht, which yachting is a fancy word for, like, prostitution, essentially, celebrity prostitution. And, um, you know... <sighs> I know people are going to be like, no fucking way. Like, that's just not possible. But you've got to understand that, like, a lot of celebs do this. Um, especially if they're washed up, especially if they need money. Um, you know, it happened, uh, getting their fame boosted. Um, in Pete's case, I think that he's not, like, a traditional, like, yacht. Like, he's not a yacht girl or a yacht boy sitting on a yacht and, like, dancing with Sikhs or anything like that. Um but this catalog to me is him becoming a rent-a-boyfriend like you're gonna need to understand that like when celebrities do this too like they're not making like a hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars like they're making tens of hundreds of thousands sometimes like with really big stars millions of dollars to like have sex with people or like go on dates with people um and pete gives very especially now that he's like using intravenously and he's like such a bad drug addict pete to me gives i'm straight but twenty dollars is twenty dollars energy um but you know if you don't like if that's hard to believe like i get it but um i do think that he started yachting at this point um he is desperate for money he's like as low as he can pretty much go and this is when you start seeing him with these relationships that are like so completely and obviously fake um and I think you know somebody in his circle was like listen bro like you have another career like you can make money like a lot of money and um I think this is where he like leans into that when he starts using heroin so we see his first relationship with this is which is with Kate Beckinsdale who of course is a bigger star than him but you gotta like she is an older woman who you know is kind of out of the tabloids and he's like an it boy so it's like helpful to have him there while she promotes her movie farming um because that's what was coming out for her at that time um and I also want to kind of say like I don't think that just because he like it was a fake relationship doesn't mean they like didn't fuck like I do think that like Pete has a charm about him, and I think, um, I don't know, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he had slept with her, but, like, she, he's not, intre- like, that's not his type, like, you can go back and look at, like, his, like, the people that he was really, like, into, like, Kaya and Ariana, and he definitely has a type, um, but I'm sure, like, that gig was something that he was cool with, I definitely think he prefers, like, women, um, but you know nothing lasts forever it was pretty short-lived to promote her movie um and interestingly you can really also tell the relationship was fake because of the way he talks about it i mean Charlemagne asks him like what what you know is cool about that relationship and he was like oh yeah like all my uncles were jealous when they found out i was dating her like that's not something you say about someone you were like head over heels like in like that you liked i don't know um but then he has a real relationship. Um, he dates Phoebe um, Dinor from Bridgerton. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. But it's very, very short-lived. They only date like a month. Um, because he starts up with the insane shit again. Just like base boosted edition. Like he's just... Um, he also gets repetitive. Sorry. Like to just say the same things over and over. But 
besides like almost immediately proposing to her, he also um, was doing the sliding, sliding, trying to slide the condom off thing, convincing her to get pregnant. Um, remember, she's in the middle of filming her like Bridgerton movie or Bridgerton show, like just. And, like, this time it's, like, a month they dated. So, like, I don't know, maybe within uh, the first week he was saying this insane shit. So, again, you can see the kind of, like, I don't know, nightmarish rabbit hole that he is down. Um, Yeah, so, so that's pretty much it for, like, relationships in 2020. He does um, his movie The um, King of Staten Island comes out. Um, which he wrote with the help of Jude Apatow, which is kind of about his life. Um, like, a very brief segment of it, like, in early... When he's... He comes, like, uh, gets famous for comedy. Um, and it's um, it's a pretty good movie. It's kind of like his, like, 2011 to, like, pre-SNL life, where he's, like, grinding to become a comedian. Um, if you want to watch something like that, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Um, but I... I wish it wasn't two and a half pretty much hours long and it doesn't cover like the more interesting parts of his life but you know I get it I I do think that like looking back now I do think Pete romanticizes that aspect of his life when he was still kind of normal um but yeah his movie comes out and then also um he writes this open letter which is really sad if you want to read it it is where he is begging the people of New York to stop giving him drugs um basically he's like when i come to New York like when i come home to my family i don't want to do drugs and i i can't say no to drugs please stop giving me drugs um he asked them to please not give drugs to his baby sister Casey um and he yeah it's just it's really really sad um he asked them to please stop coming to his house um he said he had to hire like goons to stay outside his house in staten island his mom's house um and then he has to hire people to keep them away from his sister and um his mom and if that's true that's really sad um and i don't doubt it um i'm sure that you know his fans know especially in staten island that he loves drugs and I'm sure that people do offer him drugs all the time. So, um, that was pretty sad to read. Um, but that's pretty much it for 2020. Um, and then we have this kind of brief period of 2021 and him not really having a job besides his, like, very brief stints on SNL. And, um, yeah... Um, in 2021 is when you kind of get these, like, pictures, these grainy, like, club pictures of, um, you can find them on blind item sites. I posted one on Tumblr, um, if anyone wants them, I can probably dig them up again. They look like they were taking on a fucking 2003 phone, but, um, there are, like, pictures of him, like, shooting up in, like, grainy clubs and, like, in seedy clubs and, like, just a lot of insane shit. Um... This is where, like, a lot of the blinds about him yachting are, like, come out, um, early 2021, um, that he's, you know, uh, you know, doing what he needs to do to make money. Um, he does, he did film in August a romantic comedy called Meet Cute, 
um, that's not out. I don't know if, what's going on with that, but supposedly they he filmed it um, and he slept with uh, Kaylee Kuko. Kukio? I'm not. No, I'm not sure if I pr- am uh, pronouncing that right. <laughs> um, and um, again, you know, he started up with the "let's get married" thing, um, and she was married, so she kind of dropped him really fast. Again, it was like maybe a few weeks that they were hooking up, and he was starting with that again. Um, also, in 2020 and 2021, he says it on the in the Charlemagne interview, and he says it quite a lot now. Um, he talks about how he, like, has been looking up and looking into adopting a child, which, (sighs) rough, um, if so, um, you know, I, I don't know if he just feels like he's just not gonna find a girl or how, what's going on with that, but, um, I think that's a fantasy, and, but he, (laughs) he is a celebrity, so who knows, um, but he has been saying that, like, he's looking into it and, um, I don't know. Um, but after August 2021, um, again, is kind of this period of, of the, the drugs and the seediness. But we're on now to the Kim relationship, which is, um, you know, we have to go back to now that uh, magazine cover where I said, um, you know, um, I think in 2019, Pete put out to the world in subtle terms that he was down to do the Hollywood game and be like a rent-a-boyfriend. Um, and we also need to talk about the fact that Kim Kardashian and the Kardashian machine knew she was divorcing Kanye long, long before Kanye had an inkling that that was going to happen. Um, there is like this transitional period in like 2020 where Kim starts like changing her tune like she's like oh I'm so insecure about my butt like I hate the way it looks she starts dressing differently you know we're we've seen her sort of like transition like getting her bar like finally passing the bar exam um she's going I think in my opinion towards like this Angelina Jolie Elizabeth Taylor direction where she wants to be taken seriously um in a political sphere that's what I think is like what Kim is looking for right now and I think that um this rebranding in my opinion was like they wanted her to ditch Kanye for this new era, which she's wanted to leave Kanye for a while. Um, but again, they were waiting for the right time, I think. Um, and you know, that rebranding, I think was, she wanted like a white guy, like that was like more like Bradley Cooper, like that kind of type of guy. But, um, according to the blinds, they like shopped around really hard for a like PR boyfriend for her that was like a little more serious and nobody was willing to date her like too many she's got too many kids she's too like attention seeking um and she's not like the like that brand of like what that brand of guy is gonna want even in a PR relationship so um they like really were looking for a like serious guy for her to date and they just could not find one so eventually they settle on Pete um And I think this was supposed to be, like, a slow romance. Like, I think that Chris, you know, studies the game and she's like, okay, if I can't get her, like, a Bradley Cooper, George Clooney, like, what's going good right now? And 
Courtney, who's like been hooking up with Travis since 2018, just went public and people love it. Um, and she was like, okay, like edgy, edgy, edgy white boy. And also, like I said, I think they saw like how Ariana and Pete captured the public. And she was like, okay, like he's, we can contract him. Like, let's go get Pete Davidson. He's a tabloid baby and he'll be great for the show. He'll be great for the Hulu show. So I think that they wanted to like do a will they, won't they for a while. But, you know, with what happened with um, Astroworld, I think they had to kick it into high gear because obviously as like still right as of right now, Kylie and Travis are in hiding like and I'm sure that Kylie and Travis were supposed to like be doing more right now um, with the baby being born and everything. But they're essentially in hiding because, you know, they caused an American tragedy. So like, yeah, they need to fucking lay low. It's crazy how uh, the Kardashians are like fucking a hydra like you cut off one head or one head's canceled and the others will just wiggle up to like create distractions you know i mean it's crazy um i'm sure paris holton stays up at night you know in cold sweats and it's just like god i wish there were like six more of me um but you know it is what it is at the end of the day i think because of quarantine and i think just because of like how fake it is people are pretty like clear on the fact that they're not real I mean there's that pop walk where they're filming them and um the minute the paparazzi aren't taking pictures you see them like drop hands um in general um even just a few days ago because of the whole you know Kanye Julia Fox thing um they were like going on a Bahamas vacation but Um, If you read, like, the TMZ articles, like, they were there for a day. Like, they literally went on the 6th, took pictures, and went home. Which, first of all, like, God, I wish I was rich. But second of all, like, I mean, that's not, like, you're on vacation for a day. But one thing that the blind say is Kim really does not want to bring Pete around her kids. Which, like, I understand. (laughs) Like, he's a fucking drug addict. I also think um, their relationship is, like... Like I said, like, very, very fake, obviously. Um, like I said, with Kate, I wouldn't be surprised if they have hooked up, but I don't think it's, like, like a romantic thing. Um, but I do think that um, with Pete's BPD and his pattern of behavior, um, when Kim, if Kim does bring her kids around Pete, it's going to unlock something. <laughs> and I really, I don't know. I hope she doesn't. But I think that Pete... Um, probably is like excited for his spot in the hulu show like i said he's had some like really bad like brief stints of like no nothing roles like his snl roles are like less and less and um i'm sure he prefers to be a like fake boyfriend to like a pretty girl than to like yacht like i said um i i think that you know he want he'll he's comfortable being like the boyfriend of some like rich rich heiress um and i think he doesn't mind that um so i wouldn't be surprised if they stay together for a while um especially since at least for the first season of uh their new show i would i'm gonna expect them to stay together um i also like want to talk about the fact that his shoot was with in 2019 was with julia fox kanye's new girlfriend so That makes me wonder if Julia is also, like, a Chris plant and Kanye doesn't know. Um, But that's, like, a comment for, like, another... Or, like, a dissertation for another day. Um, 
But, yeah, we're caught up with, like, Pete's life. And I think Pete's life is, like, like a tragedy. Like, it's a comedy tragedy. And, um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wish him the best, but I really don't see a good future for him. Um, I think he is going to die. Like, I'm shocked he's still alive. I think that um, he's going to die at some point, and um, it's going to be an OD. Like, um, the show and the Kardashian family is not going to bring him anything positive except for at least a steady job and money, which I understand, you know, after, like, the dark kind of place his life went in 2020 and 2021, him wanting it. Um, But I don't think, like, what he's looking for... um, it's just not there. I think Pete Davidson needs to get out of Hollywood. Um, I don't think he, I think he's so tangled up now though. I don't think he is going to, um, you know, he's probably so happy to just have like this steady job, um, like on some junk shit. I mean, we all know that he, there were those pictures on Christmas Eve of him driving around in, Kim's Rolls Royce and like pissing in the street and like puking and shit I mean I don't know it's just like I'm sure he's just happy to be like supported for a little while by you know a rich woman (laughs) but um yeah I I what Pete wants out of life it just does not he's not gonna find it in Hollywood so um you know I'm gonna probably watch the Hulu show I'd be a hypocrite to say I'm not going to but um you know, I hope one day he wakes up and he's like, I gotta go. Like, I gotta get out of fucking um, California. And I, I can't be in Staten Island either. Because, you know, I hope he fucking goes to, like, Maine. <laughs> like, goes and dates a waitress in Maine. Because he's just never going to find happiness uh, as he's living right now. And I can only see things getting worse for him or him dying, really, as long as he stays in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, I'm so sorry that I'm like, this is so ridiculously long. Like I said, I went down this rabbit hole and I have COVID. So, um, I just kind of wanted to talk about Pete. Um, I think he's really interesting and, um, this was really fun. Like I really enjoyed doing like a person, like a deep dive into a person. Like there are people that like scare me the idea of like Leonardo DiCaprio, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, people that are like have decades and decades of blinds but like I feel like Pete was a little manageable because he's young relatively so it was really fun and I enjoyed it and I hope um you guys liked this um like I said let me know about people that you guys would like to hear about I know I got an anon about um Anna Taylor which I'm definitely gonna do um I gotta do the yachting episode next (laughs) um next week or on the 12th because I feel like um again I had to like talk about yachting in this episode and I'm sure people were shocked but yeah um I'm I'm glad I got through this I'm sorry it was long I hope you liked it and I hope you guys have a great day bye